reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 37, text 12. Atmanatma Svaya Purvam Maya Sasrije Gunan Taridam Satyasankalpa Srijashyatsi Avashishvara You are the shelter of all souls. And being the supreme controller, you fulfill your desires simply by your will. By your personal creative potency, you you manifested in the beginning the primeval modes of material nature. And through their agency, you create, maintain, and destroy this universe. Om Ajnana Timurandasya, Gyananjana Shalakaya, Taksur Unmulatam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishdam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Shayam Rupa Kedhamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Vancha Kalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo namo namah. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivas Adigor Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare. So greetings from New Jersey. For those of you who were not in the morning class, I talked about the month of Kartik. This is according to the Indian calendar, the month of Kartik, which is the month of Radha. Sri Radha, and it's especially auspicious. Auspiciousness means devotion. There's no other auspiciousness. If what you do doesn't lead to an elevation of the heart, Shrama Eva Hi Kevalam directly or indirectly, because sometimes we have challenges and difficulties and it's preparing us for something greater, but that's the general principle. Sunushtita, dharma, sunushtita, pumsa, even if you perform your dharma, sunushtita, expertly, dharma, sunushtita, pumsa, viviksena, katasya, no pari aid, no pari it doesn't lead to rati. Rati means emotion, devotion, spiritual emotion, love for God. Shrama eva hi kevalam. Then it has no value. So this is a special month that has potency and blessings of Radha. Madhavatiti Bhakati Janani. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that the days, the special days of Lord Hari give birth to devotion, then what to speak of the special month. And I describe so many things, but how there is a sale for bhakti. What you are aspiring for, the price has been reduced. And there are auspicious things you can do in this month. But mainly, 
by increasing your devotion, it's showing a sincerity in whatever little way you can do. I'm increasing my devotion. I'm making a vow. Sometimes people reduce their eating so that they're more spiritually aware. Sometimes they, they increase their chanting. And in the highest standard, not that I perform the highest standard, but I, I try to every year in Kartik and Vidavan perform Niyama Seva because I don't have any other responsibilities other than the cultivation of direct spiritual life. Niyama Seva means the same thing. Niyama Seva. The same thing every day for a month. And organizing one's life so that there's no distraction for that. So I'm up at a certain time, I chant at a certain time, I worship at a certain time, I eat at a certain time. Regulation is very powerful because what regulation does, it makes the activity that you're performing exclusive. And bhakti has to be exclusive, only bhakti. Meditation. Meditation can't be mixed with other responsibilities and activities. Otherwise, it never comes to the platform of upasana. Asana means to sit, upa means near. To be near in your consciousness to God or worship, you need a, at least some time and some place that's only for God. And, and this is a month that's only for God, if you ever could do that it may not but you can you can do something more so we've been reading the 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 10th canto these stories of krishna and this is a story of krishna leaving vrindavan and he's being called by the evil king kamsa and he entrusts that to his most most trusted assistant akrura He's the most trusted only because he's the most brilliant. So he can do his service in a way that Kamsa thinks that Akrura is for him. But Akrura is anything for him. Akrura is for Krishna, but he's getting this mission. And you remember he's given this new chariot and it's Ati Anugraha, the unlimited mercy by this demon. He, he's sending me to reach the goal of my life. And as Akrura is going to Vrindavan, he's just praying, today I will meet the Lord of my life. Imagine what that's like. We're chanting Hare Krishna, we're worshiping, but imagine actually we're going to meet God. And that's our goal, that one day we can meet God. Not only meet God, but have a relationship with God and have some service. Today I will meet the Lord of my life. And he's very excited. So that's going on. But another thing is going on <clears throat> because this has all been inst instigated by the great saint Narada Muni. And, he, and even though he's a saint, he's instigating bringing Krishna to, to Mathura for Kamsa to kill him, knowing that Krishna is God and actually it would kill Kamsa. And also, Krishna comes for a mission. He just can't be absorbed in his Vrindavan Leela. Of course, he's always absorbed in his Vrindavan Leela, but not on the Prakat or manifest. He's come for a particular reason. Yada, yada, hi dharmasya, glan here, bhavatiba. Whenever there's a decline of religion, then God comes. Well, that's why Krishna is coming. Pritanaya sadunam. He's coming to protect the devotees and annihilate the miscreants. So Narada wants to move the pastime along and get Krishna to Matara. And therefore, he comes and reveals to Kamsa, who didn't know that actually Krishna was the eighth child predicted in the Akashvani, the unembodied voice prophecy that would kill him. And now he's just focused. I will kill this Krishna before he kills me. 
and he has so many plans how to do it. If this doesn't work, then he'll get him by this. If this doesn't work, then he'll get him by this. If this doesn't work, then he'll get him by this. So he has so many different plans. Of course, that was a nice philosophical point. We can make plans, but we shouldn't exclude the factor of destiny that things are beyond our control. We should plan like they're within our control, within the parameters that they're not within our control. And we have those parameters. There's a limit to how much you'll plan in the future or how detailed it will be. So Narada instigates this thing and then Kamsa, while he's waiting, it's all happening now on the same day, Akrur is going to Brindavan, but while he's going to Brindavan, Kamsa is saying, just to be sure, let me send, send some demon to kill Krishna. And the demons would disguise themselves as animals to be able to enter into the pastime. But this demon, Keshi, was the most terrifying of all the demons. Practically, his main Keshi, Keshi is the mane or the hair, it reached to the sky and his neighing, that's the sound that a horse makes, his neighing was so terrifying and so powerful that even the demigods, when they heard it, was, were scurrying from their scurrying from their homes. And now, so well, Narada instigated that, supporting the Leela, because he knows that Krishna is God and that Kamsa really can't kill him, but he wants to do his part. And, and that's all that Bhakti is. The best definition of bhakti was given to me by my god brother Pradyumna to make yourself available. Our heart is open for the will of God. And not only is it open for the will of God, but we pray for the will of God and we pray to be an instrument in his service. Um, and we pray for that service. Just like Prabhupada came to America with an immense task and he's standing on the shore and looking west so the whole america is in opposition and he's never in his life seen such a manifestation of passion and ignorance and he has nothing he has practically nothing and he prays to krishna in a beautiful song markane bhagavati dharma i'm a puppet in your hands Make me dance, make me dance, make me dance. We are instruments that should be malleable to the will of God and we should try to connect it. And we have the will of God. Again, one of the main points of Bhagavad Gita, the will of God doesn't mean necessarily that you renounce the world. In fact, the Bhagavad Gita means we engage in the world, we just change our consciousness. We really develop devotion. What does God want for us? And we have our responsibilities and duties and we're focused on them, knowing that this is the, this is the, the will of God. So Narada comes and he approaches in close proximity after observing that no one else was around. Because he has a mood of reverence. And the coward boys have a mood of intimacy. So they don't mix. He's not comfortable in relationship to Krishna in a mood of intimacy. It's reverence. The coward boys are not 
not so so wanting the mood of of reverence that they they have spontaneous love so he's a little hesitant also because in the process of what he had to do because he agitated Kamsa so much that Krishna's father cheated him and brought the child over to Vrindavan from Mathura that he was going to kill Krishna's father. And Akrura just said to Kamsa, he's nothing. He's nothing. And if you kill him, then Krishna won't come anyway. Better keep him alive. Throw him in prison. So Narada was instituting this. So he thought maybe Krishna would chastise him and it'd be so embarrassing publicly in front of all the cowherd boys. So he didn't want to come when people are around. And people are around knowing that, oh, oh, wait, wait, I got confused now. Okay, anyway. Anyway, Narada has these considerations. And he's Narada, and Narada also means incarnation of the mind. So as Krishna is so absorbed in his loving dealings with the residents of Vrindavan, Narada represent the mind to kind of say, hey, you also have a mission. And of course, there's so much technical theology. God, how can you limit God? I think that's one thing that Narada is going to point out that God is in all places at all times. That's why he's omniscient. Um, so Krishna is always going to be in Vrindavan. He's always going to be with the gopis. But in the manifest Leela, he has this mission and, and Narada has to remind him of the mission. So Narada is representing the mind. And when he comes to, to see Krishna, and the verse is very interesting, it says Krishna, Krishna. Because once you have more than one name, it is Kirtan. And he's chanting in a sincere way, and we should chant in a sincere way, that to free me of my offenses, I was thinking this morning that chanting can be very painful, but painfully blissful. Because if your mind becomes clarified, your mind becomes cleared, you'll become aware of all your bluffing, of all your insincerity, of all your lack of effort, of all your separation from Krishna. And that's painful. It's painful when we are exposed and chanting can actually expose us, but it's blissful because that, that consciousness is the consciousness of love and dependence. Unless we actually realize our dependence, there's no question of love of God. It's actually blissful. I had another realization, I shared it this morning. It may not be connected, but I was chanting and saying, by Krishna's grace, by Prabhupada's unbelievable mercy, I really feel that my, my main service now is meditating in God through the holy name. That's my main service. I do this. I do writing. I contact and try to inspire people personally. But this is my main service. So as I was chanting, well, if it's my main service, then I should chant properly. I should offer each name with love and devotion. I should control my mind and try to hear. But then as I was meditating, if this is really my service, my whole life is my service. Because your meditation and your prayers and, and your bhakti is not just a mental conception. It's an offering of the heart and the heart has to be purified. And you have to invoke Krishna's mercy by our, our seva, by our responsibility, by our purity, by our humility, not just at the time of chanting. So, 
So he starts to offer these prayers to Krishna, which are very, very interesting because each prayer, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says that each word in Krishna Leela, it, it, it's there for a purpose, it has meaning. And Narada is so smart, he's glorifying Krishna, but using the words that indicate that he, that he should come now to Mathura, which is his goal. Aprameyatam, one whose mind cannot be fully known. And, and, and this is just his own humility now because Narada was just now, he, this is just Narada indicating, well, the difficulty of my task. His mind cannot be known because he's so absorbed. Rasa Vaisaha, he's so absorbed in the highest form of love. What other conception makes sense of the ultimate reality? than absorbed in the highest form of love to such a degree that God is forgetting himself. In the love of his relationships. So he's wondering Would he be willing to go? He's so absorbed. His mind is not known. His mind is not here. Will he be willing to go? And then he, 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 he some of the prayer words is yogesh. You have mystic power. So stay here, but go there at the same time. Why can't you do that as God? And in fact, he does. Why can't God go someplace and stay someplace? Isha Upanishad says, Tadejati, Tadnajati, Tadure, Tadejati, Tadnajari, Tadure, Vantike, Tarantarasya Sarvasya, Tarusavasya. God walks and doesn't walk. He's near and far. He's inside and outside of everything. So, O oh, Yogesh, O oh, Supreme Lord, don't worry about going and leaving them. Go and stay. And then he calls him the Lord of Matara. You're not just the Lord of the gopis, you're the Lord of everyone. And you're the Lord even of your father and mother. So you have to go. And you're uh, Achilles, 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 Akilibesh, you're the shelter of all living entities. But Akila also means Devaki and also your mother. So please, you go. And then Krishna said, well, I'm Yogesh, I'm already there. I'm already here, so why are you even asking me this? And then he says, well, you're there, but just like fire is in wood. It's not manifest. Yes, you're there, but you manifest there. You manifest there. You, and that's today's verse, because based on Krishna's inquiry and calling him Yogesh and Prabhu and you're the Supreme Lord and you know everything, you're omniscient and you're and Krishna will say, how is that? I'm just a cowherd boy. I'm just a cowherd boy. And this is the beauty of the conception of Krishna. Because I said many times, that position covers personality. If you have a position, you can only, while you're in that position, you can only look at people as your servants. And you can only ma ma manifest as God or the master. 
And that's the beauty of Krishna. I mentioned that I, I coined the phrase. Hopefully one day I'll be in famous Krishna quote books that Krishna is God with his guard down. He's a Kila Rasamrita Murti. He's the full embodiment of love. And therefore, because position covers personality, he doesn't come with a position. He's just a coward boy who is your lover, who is your child, who is your friend. So Krishna is just thinking. Krishna is just thinking, well, I'm just a coward boy. What is this Supreme Lord stuff you're talking? Yogesh, master of mystic potency, Prabhu, Sakshi, the witness. I'm just a simple coward boy. And his parents agree because sometimes Krishna does things that are very powerful and then they have an assembly and then Nandamara's older brother said, I think your son is the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Truth, the Supreme Controller. He said, the Supreme Truth, Param Satyam, the Supreme Truth, that Krishna only speaks lies. The Supreme Controller, he's not even bathroom trained yet. What are you talking about? The things he does? Oh, no. So Krishna may raise that. So now the next verse, today's verse, Narada said, yet, yet you, that very same creator, have now descended to the earth. Oh, it's not the verse. You are the shelter of all souls and being the supreme controller, you fulfill your desires simply by your will by your personal creative potency, you manifested in the beginning, the primeval modes of material nature. And through their agency, you create, maintain, and destroy. No. You may be a cowherd boy. You may be very intimate. But you are God as a cowherd boy. That's your relationship with busy people. Because you're Akila Rasamrita Murti, you're the full embodiment of love. That's your relationship with people, but that's not your position. And therefore, you can manifest, you can go to Matara, and there is no worry going to Matara, and there is no worry leaving the gopis, because you're manifest in all phases of time. So he's the shelter of all souls. And, and we actually, the Ashraya, this is the ultimate subject matter of the Bhagavatam, that Krishna is the Ashraya. He's the shelter of everything. And therefore we should surrender. Sharanagati, we should go. Sharanagati, we should go for shelter. Because this is where our real shelter is, especially for the satisfaction of heart and experiencing ultimate love. Prema Pumarta Mahan, the greatest value is love, Tvasmin Panama Prema Rup, and the highest form of that love is Krishna. You are the shelter of all, and aside from Krishna, aside from God, there is no other shelter. It says, Purvam, you're the first shelter. Everything else has not been created by us. Everything else. Name one thing that's been created to us. So we are not the shelter. We have no shelter, actually. Because our so-called shelter is temporary. We're seeing, but we're not seeing. And what are we seeing? We're seeing the world, but what are we not seeing? 
we're not seeing the world because we're not seeing the world as temporary. We're not seeing the world as temporary. We're not seeing where it is. And therefore, deha, the body, deha, patya, kali, the family, everything, they're not the ultimate shelter. They provide psychological needs. We have responsibility for them. They're part of God and we can love them. But they're not the ultimate shelter because everything we have has, been, has not been created by us. And therefore, we are completely dependent. But who are you, Krishna? You are Satya Sankalpa. Your vow becomes true. Prabhupada put this in the Gita as a nice way, if you meant. Distinguishing feature of God is that his determination is an absolute fact. Our determination is not an absolute fact because there's five factors of action and one only is the doer. Krishna creates without, says when you embark on a mission, there are six things required. The means, the methodology, the skill, the purpose, the supplier, the place. Krishna doesn't require anything. His determination is an absolute fact. That's what God means. God is a person we can reciprocate with him. And he's functioning for our benefit, whether or not he gives us external difficulty or gives us external blessings. It's all mercy because God has the highest objective. And what is the highest objective? To make us happy. And how do we make, become happy? We become happy when we desire to be what we are then there's no conflict in our consciousness. Because what we are is the most beautiful thing. Anandam buddhi bardhanam. What we are is a particle of consciousness, part of the supreme consciousness meant to serve. And when you have that strong desire to serve, God will give you the energy to give him pleasure and and it simultaneously it'll view your consciousness with the highest pleasure. So satya sankalpa. Simply by your desiring, then the residents of Vrindavan will be protected. There's no obstacle. You please come. So, you, that very same creator, have now descended to the earth to annihilate the Daitya, Pramata, and Rakshasa demons who are opposing his kings, and also to protect the godly. So, this is classical reasons for God to appear to protect the, protect the godly and to annihilate the demoniac. Again and again. So this is your job, Krishna. You've come. You've come. You're that same creator. And you should come to annihilate the demons and to protect the godly. Sadunam, Bhakshanaya. 
avitirna vinashaya pramata raksham daitya to annihilate the different demons those who oppose the soul those who oppose the ultimate platform of selfless, self, selflessness those who oppose the ultimate platform of harmony so Now Krishna is going to reflect because this is a very personal dialogue. Narada, the guru of the universe, is wanting him to do some service outside of Vrindavan. He's saying, you have descended for this purpose. To protect the devotees, you've appeared to annihilate the miscreants. The horse demon was so terrifying that his neighing frightened the demigods into leaving their heavenly kingdoms. But by our good fortune, you have enjoyed the sport of killing him. So this is the most terrifying demon. So this is your work. And you must come. In just two days, Almighty Lord, I will see the deaths of Chinura, Mushnika, and other wrestlers. He's actually seeing the future. Along with those of the elephant, Kuvalayapita, and King Kamsa, all by your hand, Krishna, I will see this. Then I will see you kill Kalyavana, Mura, Naraka, and the Kanch demon. And I will also see you steal the Parijata flowers and defeat Indra. I will then see you. So this is, it's so beautiful. They put into the stories, summaries of all the pastimes. So this is the glory of Narada. I will then see you marry many daughters of heroic kings after paying for them with your valor. Then, O Lord of the universe, in Dwarki you will do, do, deliver King Nriga from a curse and take for yourself the Shimantaka jewel together with another wife. You will bring back a Brahmin's dead son from the abode of your servant Yamaraj, and thereafter you will kill Pondraka, burn down the city of Kashi, and slay Dandabakra, and you also put an end to the king of Chedi during the great Rajasuya sacrifice. I shall see all these heroic pastimes along with many others you will perform during your residence in Dwarka. These pastimes are glorified in this earth in the songs of transcendental poets. So he's just saying what will happen. saying what will happen so many demons will be killed and these are all stories that will come up in the later chapters how krishna kills all these demons and in doing so liberates them because that that was a discussion right at the beginning 
will come up later. Because the end of the sixth cap, chapter, Vritrasura is defeated by Indra. So the demigods, the demigods were favored by Indra. So he came to the point. So Marge Prick is a little confused because he's listening to this. Does that mean that Krishna is partial? Exalted souls are partial. They are equal to everyone. That's that's spiritual life. So the question, why is Krishna saying Brahma Bhuta Pasanatman Asochati Nakanchati Samasarveshu Bhuteshu Bad Bhakti Labati Purim? Brahma Bhuta Pasanatma. Brahma Bhuta the coach Brahma Bhuta Pasanatma. Samasarveshu Bhuteshu. I'm I'm Sama, I'm equal. Samaham Sarva Bhuteshu Named Vesta. I don't have this connection with the false ego that I should hate people and I should like people. I don't have that. Okay. I see what's happening to my brain. I get up very early and I didn't take a nap. And sometimes then I'm speaking my mind. I usually take a nap in the morning. I guess I've been up right now for at least 11 hours. So I was working on a point. I forgot it. Um, let's see. So Krishna is actually now becoming enthused for his mission. Subsequently, I will see you appear as time personified, serving as Arjuna's chariot driver and destroying entire armies of soldiers to rid them of their burdens. I will see all this. Appear as time personified. I read an article in the last few days. I'm terrible at pronouncing names, but it, it seemed like some Italian, Bruccinelli, Bruno, Brut something. And he was a professor in America, and he had three principles. Somehow, he, yeah, he, he was in the concentration camps. Maybe not Jewish, but for some other reason by the Nazis. And he developed great observation. He had three principles. Never think business is usual. usual. <laughs> always, it, it's interesting. I think I'm going to write about it. Something like always be in crisis mode. Because he, he saw in, in Nazi Germany, People get used to things when they should have been actually taking it more seriously. So never, never think business as usual in this material world. Then his next principle was, I guess he left. Don't put time to rest. And he described that people are only productive when there is an end. And, and the theological makeup of the material world as pre presented by great religious thinkers and implementing in your life, knowing that there's an end makes it more serious in your life. And he gave an example because he, he I, somehow he did this experiment 
in Minnesota that when someone would get married, it was about eight or 10 different activities that every single lady had to do. You had to join this club and you had to be in this club and you had to do this thing. But they don't put time to rest, wasting all your activities and frivolous activities. Because you don't, you put time to rest. You, you, you're not understanding time. Time makes things serious. Time makes things serious. Okay, I'm going to stop for now. Uh, if anybody has some reflections, somehow or other, I should have taken a nap, but I didn't. It's really amazing. Your mind actually falls asleep when you're up. Would anybody like to share something from today's class? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Gail, very well. Yes, you know, at first I was really liking um, when you said that, you know, you, you can't have love without that feeling of dependence or helplessness. But then I was thinking, but, you know, you could be totally dependent on a tyrant and that won't inspire love totally what dependent on a tyrant a tyrant um well i i guess it's a question whether it's forced or coming from yourself when it comes to yourself there's some type of appreciation That's what I'm thinking. I'm also relating it this morning when I was chanting. I felt, okay, maybe something's going on here because I love chanting when I'm exposed. And, and, and when you're exposed, you see the limits of the false ego. And the false ego is the mechanism that I am in control, I am independent. And somehow that's antithetical to a sense of love. So I was thinking when I was thinking, oh my, yeah, look at this and wow, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. Everything is coming by God. And, I, and it, there's something within that consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. Okay, Gail, anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Maharaj? Yeah. Can you can you just talk a little bit more about um, Krishna's the no connection with the false ego and therefore he doesn't really like anybody or hate anybody? Uh oh. It means he's equal to everyone. But equal to everyone is very interesting, right? Let's say you have two children and one leaves home and neglects the parents and one stays home and serves the parents, right? Now you may give so much more to the one that's home and, and surrendered, but you're equal because you would do that for any child that was in that way. You treat them equally. The child that's like surrendered, gets sheltered, and the one that's that will be neglected or forgotten, not forgotten, but you know, not supported, whatever. But it doesn't matter who it is. You would treat the, the one who was away, who came back the same. So it's like that with Krishna, with every living entity. Anyone who takes shelter of him, he'll, he'll respond. And anyone who is independent, he'll give him that independence. So in that way, he's equal to everyone. He doesn't hate or like. He's equal to everyone. Where we, you know, some people we just want buried. It doesn't matter what it is. And some people we may favor and it doesn't matter what it is. 
But in that verse, Samaham Sarvabhute Shu, the maid Western Priya, he said, but for the devotees, I, 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 in that purpose, I think Prabhupada said, he doesn't have the defect of impersonality. If someone surrenders to him, he gives shelter. I had a, a, a relative and he was, uh, was one of my uncles and he was, he actually had a PhD from an Ivy League university and uh, he was a teacher. And he would pick up straight people and help everyone. And he treated equally with his daughter, but that didn't help her. She was the daughter, she was dependent, she was surrendered. <laughs> he should have, so it means he's equal to everyone. He'll treat everyone the same, but those who, who surrender to him in her personal relationship, he'll reciprocate because he's a person. Okay. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you, Bhakti Devi. Anybody else? Hi, Maharaj. <laughs> Greetings from <Yep>. Mexico. <laughs> oh, como estas, señora? Estoy bien, gracias, usted. Wow. I mean, how how is it there? Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Let Let me turn the um. Around. You'll see Doyelkaranga and Rasika. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Just tell them you're advertising for them. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was glad I was able to get in. I love your point about what is a demon those who oppose the soul. That was really wonderful. Yeah. Right, it, it, it's... Okay, thank you, Jamuna Giant. Thank you for making us all envious of you as you're on the beautiful beach, <laughs> free from this oppressive atmosphere. You, you just wanted to leave the country because of the election. That's all we know. <laughs> Not That's a bad all. idea. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Okay. I, I, I may say uh, it's great to see everyone but today. We got two classes in. I will continue my service of chanting the holy name. Haribo, thank you. Once you call for three, just put this thing to be able to.